Today's episode of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast is brought to you by Hostfully, the market leader in digital guidebooks for short-term rental hosts. With Hostfully, you can create a beautiful online guidebook that you can send to your guests so they have a better experience and you get fewer questions. Sign up now at hostfully.com to get two months for free by using code PAD. That's P-A-D. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Episode 310 of Get Paid for Your Pad. Eric, what's up? Jasper. How you doing, buddy? Did you notice we're wearing the same shirt today? Have you noticed that I don't have any other shirts other than a Shorts and Rental Legend shirt? I was going to say, like, I, uh, I see that shirt quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have um, I have all the uh, all the extra shirts from our events and from Legends X right here in storage. So I just wear shorts and rental legend legend shirts all day long. So that's all I have. <laughs> When's the last time you bought some clothes at a store? Ah, uh, dude. Um, you know what's funny is uh, Samantha and I just set a uh, personal goal for ourselves to be able to hire a like a. Designer to come in and like measure our bodies and then go and find clothes that fit us and then you know do that whole thing because I never go shopping and I only have legend shirts. So yeah, we had we just set a goal for 90 days to hit certain things. And if we hit it, then we're gonna hire a designer to do that for us. So I hate shopping, but I do appreciate good clothes. So I as everything else I do in life, Jasper, I'm doing my best to outsource it to the professionals. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this week, there's a, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. First of all, uh, the travel ban for Europeans and people from India, people from Brazil, and a number of other countries to the US has yep. finally been lifted. You know, the ban's been in place since pretty much since you and I were in San Diego. Uh, remember, uh, it seems like so, such a long time ago, but when we had that apartment in, on, the, on the lake, on the bay. On the bay, yeah. Yeah, back in March 2020, that's when that uh, travel ban came into effect. That was really like, that kicked off all those cancellations, right? Right. On, uh, on Airbnb. Yeah, it was pretty terrifying. Now, I'm, I'm kind of ignorant towards all of it, uh, to be 100% honest. So, like, what exactly was the ban? Yeah. Like, what, what exactly was in place, you know, up until, what was it, yesterday? Well, the ban hasn't been lifted. They announced that they're going to lift it in early November. Early let November. Me, uh, but let me update you on on the on the ban, right? Because I I actually I know it really well because I was part of the people that were targeted, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So good essentially, choice. like it's a good choice, U.S. government <laughs> ban Jasper for the country. <laughs> so basically, what it was is people from a number of regions in the world. Uh, including the European Union or the European Schengen area, which is an area of like 29 European countries, I think it is. But most of the major countries, like Germany, France, you know, I think it was UK as well. And then also a number of other countries that were considered high risk, like Brazil, I think India is in there, a couple, couple other countries. 
if you were from that if you were from that country or you were or you touched ground on one of these countries in the last two weeks, you weren't allowed to enter the U.S. So, for example, you remember when I flew earlier this year, I went home for Christmas, and then before coming to the U.S., I I went to Aruba, like this little island in the Caribbean, for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I couldn't fly straight from Amsterdam to the U.S. That's right. So I had to go for two weeks. I had to go somewhere else first before I was allowed uh, in. And it, it was kind of crazy because, you know, one of my buddies from the U.S. was visiting uh, a couple of months ago and his girlfriend's from Indonesia. And she came she came to Panama, but she flew. She had a stopover in Madrid, in Spain. She didn't leave the airport. Okay. She mm-hmm. did not leave the airport in Spain, right? She was here for a week and then they flew back to Austin and she was denied boarding because they were saying, well, you've been in Europe in the last two weeks. And she was like, no, I, I didn't leave the airport. Like I wasn't, I didn't cross immigration. Like that's right. like neutral territory. And, you know, the people, the airline, they basically said, no, you were, you were at the airport in Spain. So that counts as Europe. So you're not allowed to board until you know, you spend two weeks outside of that. So that is pretty crazy, right? Was that, so was that, was that the government stating that or was that the airlines that was dictating that? No, I think, I think it was the, the, the government. Well, I mean, maybe the rules are up to interpretation. I don't, I don't know, but basically the rule, the rule was, and that was dictated by the government that if you have been on, on the soil of, of these, you know, this list of countries in the last 14 days, then you're not allowed to enter. Wow. So, you know, wow. the airport is, that's kind of an, you know, an, uh, up to interpretation, I guess. Like if you, if you have a stopover at an airport, are you in the country or not? Like you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember when, when I was traveling back from uh, Costa Rica I don't know if I publicly told told this story or not. Uh, not that I've been hiding it. It's just something that I haven't been talking about. Um, but while I was in Costa Rica, uh, while we were in Costa Rica, uh, myself and Samantha uh, contracted COVID. And uh, that's a whole story within itself. Our experience of being locked down in Costa Rica with COVID in the middle of the jungle, uh, which wasn't fun. We... Went to the doctor, quarantined for 10 days, and then we got what was called the uh, document of recovery. And uh, essentially, I read on the CDC website that you are allowed to fly back into the United States uh, once you have a negative COVID test uh, or you quarantine for 10 days and you have a letter from a doctor that states that you have fully recovered uh, and you have completed your quarantine. And we had we had that. So we were allowed to go back into the country. The United States allowed us to go back into the country, but the airlines, United Airlines, which I will never fly again because of this situation, they have their own rule saying that you have to quarantine for 14 days before you board their their airlines, right? So they made the decision that we weren't allowed back into the country, even though we had negative tests and we had letters of recovery. So that's why I was asking that question, like in that situation, was it the government that was blocking it or was it one of these, you know, air quote, woke companies that have their own rules on, you know, deciding 
deciding yeah. what's happening uh, with travel nowadays. So, but regardless, I, I hear that quite often of, you know, if you step foot in certain areas that you're, you're technically in that country. So you just automatically default to whatever the, the laws are or yeah. the rules are right now. Well, here's the thing. I mean, this, so this was a major, you know, disruption to travel rights to the U S because like, I mean, Europe is a massive market for, for certain rental houses, Airbnb hosts in the U S right. Yeah. So, I mean, I imagine very few Europeans have traveled to the U.S. in the last year and a half because it's such a pain in the in the butt if you have to, you know, spend two weeks outside, yeah. outside Europe first before you travel. Right. But also, let's let's clarify this, too. It's not it's not just opened up to everybody. Right. You have to be vaccinated to come in. Yes. Yes. So here's the thing. Starting that's an important thing early, to talk no, about. Yeah. So early November. If you are vaccinated and you have a negative COVID test that's not older than three days, then you're allowed to travel to the U.S. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which I don't know the size of the population that are vaccinated in those countries, but I'm sure it's it's a large population. So that that's exciting, right? That we can have yeah. that opening commerce happening again. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I think he, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I I imagine in Europe probably most countries somewhere between fifty and eighty percent has already been vaccinated. So by the time that this goes into effect in early November, um, I think the majority, the, by far the majority of the population in Europe will be vaccinated. And I think the you know the the COVID the negative COVID test. I think people are kind of used to that by now, so I don't think that's going to be a big barrier. No. No, I mean, negative COVID, I just find it interesting that you need a vaccination and a negative COVID test. And that's a whole nother podcast talk about of like, <laughs> why do you need a negative COVID test if you have the vaccination? The negative COVID test makes sense to me, right? For sure. But it's opening up. It's not open to everybody. So you have to be vaccinated. So that's that that's something important to understand. Like you have to be vaccinated to travel, but that's, you know, it's great news that we're able to open up the world again and, you know, do commerce between different nations. And I think China is on that list too, actually. So that's, okay. you know, I mean, Europe and China is a huge, huge market for, uh, for Airbnb house in the U S. Yep. Right. So, so yeah. And so, so that's really good news. And I think there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of people that haven't traveled to the U.S. for a long time, like people who have family members in the U.S., for example. You know, I'm thinking especially people from China. A lot of Chinese people have family members in the U.S., right? So I think there's going to be a big spike in November, December of people who, you know, who now finally have the chance to, to visit the U.S. again. So um, if, you know, for hosts, especially for hosts who are in the markets that get a lot of European travelers I, I i imagine it's going to be really good for the larger cities like los angeles new york you know those those yeah. places because a lot of europeans and, and chinese people travel there yeah i was just thinking i was just writing a note on that is that because we're seeing here in the states that and we've talked talked about this that the secondary markets like the market that we're buying this weekend are through the roof in occupancy because everyone's leaving the cities to go to these secondary markets. So I'm curious if this is going to open up and impact in a positive way, 
uh, cities, downtown cities that are kind of lagging right now in occupancy? Yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. Um, I, I don't have the, I don't have, you know, any data on like the most popular U.S. destinations for Chinese and, and Brazilian and European people. But, you know, from my experience, I know that a lot of people that I know from Europe, they love traveling to New York, to Los Angeles, you know, because those are the big names that they know of and yeah. you know, the, the big cities with all the attractions. So I think it's mostly going to be the urban areas that are going to, you know, benefit from this. Sweet. That's amazing. So need it. So that's great. Um, and that leads into uh, a report that uh, one of our Legends X students actually shared with us. He was, uh, so a shout out to Juan. Juan in the Canary Islands uh, was uh, so nice to share this AirDNA report to us. So shout out to AirDNA as well. Of course, AirDNA is the data company. Uh, they also do pricing since, uh, since I think a couple months ago, they introduced the yeah. pricing uh, service as well. So so shout out to AirDNA. But uh, we're yeah, we're looking at a report that they put together for the VRMA, VRMA conference. So that's another big event that happened this week was the VRMRA in, in Europe. So they have the European edition and then they have the uh, US edition, which I think you're, you're going to go to that one, right? In October? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's October, what is it? October 3rd, something like that down in uh, Houston, uh, Houston, Texas. So I, I, I'll be 100% honest. Like the only reason I'm going down there is because of the network that is going to be down in that area. Of course, the VRMA does a great job with speakers and all of that, but uh, all the legends that are here in the States and everyone that can travel are going down there, and uh, I just want to be in the same room with them. So, yeah, so I want to go down. So if you guys see me down there, I'll be wearing the STR Legends shirt, so stop by and say hello. But, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get back into an event uh, for our industry and and see, see our people. Yeah, it's in San Antonio, by the way. Yeah, San Antonio. Which is also an interesting market because there's a lot of, uh, we have a lot of students in Legends X who are from San Antonio and it seems like that market is uh, it's kind of exploding. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, like Texas by itself is exploding, you know, because everyone had, over the last 12 months have left all the major cities on the West and East Coast and are moving to Texas for all the things Texas brings to the table, right? So Austin is blowing up. That market has been going through the roof. San Antonio is what? Just a couple of hours, I think, from Austin. It's it's pretty close, maybe less. Um, so that market has been growing. I, you know, we have a couple of legends down there. Uh, and now I think in this class, we have for Legends X, what, four students from San Antonio. So that market is, that market's on fire. Yeah. Uh, no, for sure. Um, and by the way, I have to correct myself. I, I said there was a conference, uh, the VMRA Europe. It's not VMRA. It's the Vacation Rental World Summit that oh, just right. took place in Annecy in France. It's a big conference. Like it's a big European conference. Let's dive into this uh, AirDNA report because there's some really interesting data in that report. So I just want to kind of go through the the major takeaways and. You know, Lee, we were talking about how the travel ban is being lifted and Europeans and, and Chinese haven't been able to really travel to the U.S. Now, what's really interesting is that they compared August 2021 global short-term rental demand versus 2019. And 
North America is just a couple percentage points lower in 2021 than 2019. So that that is really interesting. So and and all the other regions in the world are much lower than two years ago. So the U.S. market right now is actually doing really really well, which is interesting given the fact that you know all those all those tourists and all those visitors from abroad weren't able to or are still not able to travel to the U.S. Amen. I mean, we we have a lot of people in this country, right? We've got <laughs> a lot of people in this country. What is it, like 350 million people? So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, man. Like, it doesn't surprise me because, like, being in a vacation rental market where I live in San Diego, we see, we've seen people travel here from, like, you see the license plates from literally every part of the country, uh, including Alaska, right? And including Hawaii, which is, which is nuts. Like you see people shipping their cars down here and just driving and, and going to all these different spots. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. I, I, I think, I think only, you know, with, with Europe opening up and all these other countries, we're just going to see a boom over the next few months, you know, here in the States. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm thinking too, is, you know, if, if demand is already like kind of at, 2000 at pre-COVID levels without all those visitors, you know, then I think in November, starting November, it, it's gonna, you know, there's gonna be a lot of demand for short-term rentals yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah. Especially in those markets that we uh that we mentioned, you know. So so that's uh that's interesting. But, but what I think is interesting, like I, I hear what you're saying, you know, like the loss of kind of visitors was made up or was compensated in the US by local travelers. Right, but then you would ex- you would kind of expect that to be the case in Europe too. But in Europe, we're we're still 25 percent lower than pre-COVID. So for some reason, in the U.S., people just you know the local, the domestic demand for short-term rentals just completely compensated the loss of foreign tourists. Where in Europe, that's not the case. So I'm just thinking, like you know, why is there that difference? Is it as easy right now in COVID times in Europe to drive in between the different countries? That's that's a good point. Probably not because in Europe, the difference between Europe and US is we have countries and you guys have states. Yeah. And yeah. you know, there's borders and stuff like that. Yeah. And like that, that's kind of where my mind is going, right? Because it's, you know, the people that even us, like when we went on our road trip and the people that we're going to be hosting, I see, I see the bookings coming in for the property that we're buying. And these are people coming in from all around the country, right? So it's someone who's in New York can just jump in a Sprinter van or whatever it is and drive across the country and take a week to get out here, right? And then stay in a new town that they've never been in. Every state is completely different, right? So it's like, with all the people, we have 350 million something people in this country and the landmass and all the diversity within this country, it just makes you want to get out and drive and go explore, right? So if it, I can only imagine if the states were closed and you couldn't drive from California to Nevada, we wouldn't be at the top of the you know, we'd probably see exactly what what Europe is seeing yeah. right now. So yeah, that makes sense. You know, I, I think that's a, I think that has a big play to it. And you see what happened with like the sprinter van community, like that shot through the roof during COVID, right? Everybody's out just driving and traveling. Cause now we, everyone's working from home as well. 
So it's super easy to do that. Most places you go around the country in the US, you have internet and you have phone, cell phone service, right? So it's like, you know, it's, it's easy. It's easy to do it. So it makes sense. It makes sense that people are traveling. And also I think what a big trend too, I don't know if you guys have seen this in Europe, a big trend that we're seeing here is real estate markets are through the freaking roof. Like we, we're seeing record, record highs on sales of properties and rents, right? So I see a lot of people selling their homes at the top of the market and just sitting on cash and just driving and, and traveling and doing their thing without buying. Uh, same thing with rent. We have a lot of friends out here that can't find rentals because there's such a demand for people moving out of San Diego. So I, I'm just curious if all of that, everything, just like everything that the States went through in the last you know 12 months with, with riots and with protests and with lockdowns and everyone working from home and the market going through the roof, inflation, you know, the, the presidential challenges over the last 12 months, like all that stuff, people are just like, Hey man, I need to get to the woods. I need to get to the desert. I need to go to the beach. I need, I need to disconnect from all this shit and just go. Uh, So I'm curious if that's like, what's really driving these numbers for us. Yeah, no, it certainly could be. And I remember too, in our lab, in the first legends X class, we had a lot of Australian students, and, yeah. and they were, and Australia has been in lockdown for a long time, you know, so I was expecting, okay, those, those Australian hosts are probably not doing so well, but a lot of them were actually having record years. And that's because the locals, the Australians, like they like to spend a lot of money on travel and they are now traveling inside of Australia and they're paying higher prices than, than the, the visitor avatar that Australia attracts. So that was kind of interesting too. And it's, I guess, same is true for US and Australia. It's one, you know, there's no borders. So you can go, Australia is, is even bigger, I think, than the US. Like it's a yeah. massive, massive country. It doesn't look like it when you look at the world map. It looks smaller. Yeah. It's because of, for some yeah. reason, like the Southern hemisphere, everything looks smaller when you look at a world map. But yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, it's looking uh, it's looking good for, for you as host. The next, next thing I wanted to bring up is that you know, even though the total, the demand in Europe was still a little bit lower than like two years ago, the occupancy levels it just in August this month are higher than they have been any time in the last couple of years. So I don't know exactly how that works. Like how's the occupancy at a record high versus like, I don't know if the data is from the same exact same markets, uh, but in any case, it looks like this month in August um, is one of the best months that Europe has seen. So there's some, there's definitely some positive, uh, you know, some positive signs over there as well. Due to COVID, it's now more important than ever that your guests actually read your house rules and check-in instructions. And there's no better way to deliver that information than by using an online hostfully guidebook. You can build your guidebook in just a few hours and simply include a link to your guidebook in your welcome email. Your guests can access it on desktop, on mobile, and they can even print it out. Now, as a result, you look super professional. Your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. 
Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. That's hostfully.com, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y.com, code PAD, which is P-A-D. A couple other interesting interesting things that I want to point out is did you, uh, did you see the demand for unique stays? Yeah, I was just looking at that actually on page 22 here in France, right? So France percentage change in demand by property type. So from August 2021 versus August 2019, unique stays, the demand for unique stays is up 31%, right? Increase 31%, where if you look at if you look at condos, apartments, and lofts, and now this is in France, right? To be to be very clear for everyone who's listening, in France, the demand for apartments, condos, and lofts are below zero percent. Yeah, exactly. So the demand for those those type of properties is actually lower than two years ago, but for unique stays, it's thirty percent higher. That's a big number. It's huge. That's a big number, and the the most popular one is the farm stay. Yeah. So that's interesting. Which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious on what, what exactly that means, farm stay, because that, that can mean something different here in the States versus France. I know France has a lot of beautiful open land. So I'm curious what that means. But the very next one is tiny homes. Yep. Right. So that's our domain that we're we're getting into. And the available listings for that is over 3,000 in France, right? So that's the second most uh, demand driven style property, which yeah. I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, that's right. Farm state and it's tiny homes and then it's castle. Castle number three. So there's over yeah. there's over a thousand castles in, in France, which is Amen. kind of insane. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely awesome. Another interesting observation is that larger homes are doing really well right now. Yeah. So the four, five bedrooms are are doing really well. The, yeah, especially the, the five bedrooms are actually doing the best. And the shared rooms and private rooms and one bedrooms are not recovering as well as the, the larger homes. So that's an, that's an interesting observation as well. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it goes back to what everybody, I think... You know, everyone who's in the industry already knows all this right now is that, you know, people that are traveling and they're traveling for multiple different reasons, you know, like it's getting harder and harder to, especially here in the States. I don't know how it is in different countries, but here in the States, we have such a unique divide on, I don't even want to call it divide. I guess it is a divide on the vaccines, right? Like all the states and cities all have different views on how they should be mandating or not mandating, requiring, not requiring vaccines and passports and all this stuff, right? It's a huge debate everywhere you go. It's a different type of view on it, right? So you see like just just last week, LA County, the biggest county, uh, I believe in California and the biggest county in the country, Uh, population-wise, just passed a law mandating vaccine passports in all of bars, restaurants, clubs, events, all of that stuff, right? And it's like, good or bad, the challenge that happens there is it, it, it makes the experience different, 
going to that area, right? Regardless where you stand with this, it, it creates a different experience enjoying that city or enjoy enjoying like LA or LA County or whatever it is. It, it gives a different experience. It gives a different experience going to New York City because they they now have that that requirement as well versus jumping in with your family and friends and renting a huge house in the mountains somewhere on a lake where you can cook your own food, create your own experiences and just relax and disconnect from all this stuff. Like anybody in this industry understands like that is what guests, and I'm talking from a place of experience. Like this is what I want. I want to get out of all of it and go to a place where the people I love and create our own experiences. Because as much as I love restaurants and all this stuff, it takes away the experience is just not there anymore. When you have to wear a mask, you're 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 separated. It's it's a weird thing. I went out. I brought my uh, family out to one of our fa- favorite restaurants here in uh, Carlsbad, a uh, restaurant called Campfire, which is a big inspiration behind what we're building with our with our new uh, brand. Even though the food was amazing, it was a weird experience because everyone had masks on. You can't hear the service servers. You know, you're kind of separated from the other people in that restaurant. The the businesses in the area, some of them required vaccines, vaccine passports, all that. So it's creating a different type of experience that I think people are not yet used to or comfortable with, right? Especially here in the States. So of course, five bedroom houses, big houses make sense or communities, what we're doing, building communities, right? I would say 50. And now we, we take over this property on Thursday, right? Or the current owner is sending me all the requests that are coming in on this property for the future. I would say 70% of the requests that came in to book our property has been family and friends wanting to book the entire village. They want to book all four units, right? Because they want to bring 15 people up there and just create their own experience, right? I don't think that's going away anytime soon. I think that's only going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. We can, There's always going to be fun stuff to do in major cities, but when you got to go, like if you want to go to LA for the first time and you have to travel out there and you have to wear a mask, you have to distance, you have to any event, any restaurant, any club, anything like that, you're kind of in a bubble. You're, you're following these strict rules, good or bad, whatever it is, it's a restrictive experience, right? Versus being able to book a beautiful home in the mountains or in the desert or on a farm, whatever it is, and you can create your own experience, right? And you're not being restrictive. You can forget about all this BS that's happening or all the chaos that's happening in the world. So of course, those those bigger properties or the communities or the unique stays are going through the roof. And I think we should go, I think we all should go deeper into that. And if if what I'm really curious about, and this is where I want to hear from people who are doing well or g- doubling down on the urban markets. I'm really curious to see what investors or these bigger operators are doing for the urban markets. Outside of travel nurses and some business stays, which is still happening right now in some cities, I'm curious what, what the play is long-term. Because I think long-term communities, unique stays, and destination spots are going to be at least for you know the next 
and I'm making this up, the next five plus years is going to be the biggest demand for travel, especially here in the States. I'm really curious to see what, what happens to our industry in the downtown markets. No, for sure. And I totally understand how that experience of going to a restaurant or going to clubs, especially when you're with a bigger group, because now you have to check like, hey, is everyone vaccinated? You know what I mean? So it's just extra hassle and extra, you know, extra things that you have to think of. And, And like you said, like, you know, when you go on a trip, you know, the last thing that you want to do is worry about stuff like this. You know what I mean? Like going, going on, on a trip to relax. Exactly. To relax and to have no, have no restrictions and no, nothing that you have to do. And, you know, it's just like, you just want to chill. You want to relax and you don't want to worry about anything. And that's, that's a bit, that's tricky down in, in the larger cities for sure. So yeah, I think that, uh, I think that makes sense, man. And I, I think too, like a lot of people are thinking about this, like taking on the back, like taking the vaccine and like people are, okay, I understand it. You know, this vaccine is for this pandemic that we're going through. So like cities that are putting these mandates in place, you still don't feel relaxed because now we're hearing news of, well, you can still get COVID with having the vaccine, right? So that's why the country is also requiring the negative test to come Mm -hmm. in, right? Because even if you have the vaccine, you can still get COVID, right? So even with all of that, you're still not comfortable 100% experiencing the city with strangers surrounded by you. Because you're always, at least I am, always just thinking about the people around me. Are they coughing? Do they look sick? Do I have distance? I'm not enjoying the experience anymore. But if we go to the mountains and rent out a village or a big home, big villa, and everyone that I know is with me and we're there relaxing, creating our own experiences, hitting the mountains or whatever it is, you can finally fully disconnect. I think that's where the boom is coming from right now. And I think over the next uh, few years, we're going to see that demand for a long time because I don't think I don't think we're going back to what we know is normal for quite some time. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think because uh, and also who knows, maybe there is another, you know, another virus shows up or a different, you know, variant of, of, the, of the coronavirus and and also um, just having those mandatory things in place is it's just like you said it's, it just changes the experience. So, so yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think it's gonna. I mean, some stuff will return somewhat to normal, but I think there's going to be long term effects. Like we're not we're not going completely back to how it was before. I think. Last thing I want to touch on in this report is uh, lead times. As people probably are aware of, the lead times went down drastically after March 2020, right? And for those who are listening who don't know what lead time is, it's basically the the amount of days that people book in advance on average. That used to be two three months before before COVID. At least, like I'm looking at this graph. This is this is data from France, but I don't think it's very different from uh, from you know major markets. That lead time went down after March 2020. It went down to to about 20 days. So people people weren't booking mm-hmm. far into the future because of all the uncertainty, right? Around like travel and like what was happening. And that's really recovering very, very fast. August 2021, it's it's almost up to uh, 60 days all the way. And back in March, it was still at 20. 
So that's that's recovering. It just means that people are now more confident that they can travel in the future. So they're booking further out. So that's something that's important for hosts to know uh, that you can you can expect to to see more bookings coming in like one, two, three months out. Why is that important for them? Well, it's important because if people are booking further into the future, that means that fewer people are going to book last minute, right? So you want to, the way that you manage your, your revenue, the way that you manage your pricing strategy is a little bit different because, I mean, you know, if you look at my property, for example, I was getting nonstop like last minute bookings. Like all my, almost all my bookings this year came in like in the last week. So that means I'm not going to drop my prices just because I don't get booked like two or three or four weeks out. I'm just going to wait and keep my prices the same because I know it's going to get booked. It just happens really late. Versus now, if that's going to change, then that changes this pricing strategy, right? If people are booking a couple months in advance, there's not as many people booking last minute, then you do want to be a bit more aggressive you know, with your prices, bring your prices uh, down a bit in the last couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. It's all about uh, revenue management. That's right. That's right. So that's, uh, but yeah, that's, it's just also, it's, it's, but other than like the, you know, for the pricing strategy, it's just a sign. It's a, it's a sign as well, right? It's a sign that people are starting to become more confident traveling. So that also tells me that demand for, you know, for travel and for short-term rentals in general uh, is probably going to go up in the next couple of months because of that confidence. Yeah. I agree. So yeah, interesting stuff, man. Dude, awesome. We're buying a, a short-term rental property uh, in a couple of days. So next week when we talk on this podcast, we'll probably have some uh, some cool updates. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty stoked about it. Uh, so we close hopefully Thursday, uh, so the end of this week. And then I'm not 100% sure, but I may be up there this weekend, Friday through Sunday, going through the property, meeting with our new employees because we're buying the business. So we're, we're also taking on two employees for the, for the property and really kind of going through it. So for uh, just for all the listeners, what we're doing is we're going to start documenting the entire experience of acquiring this property, optimizing the current listings, optimizing our cleaners, the current cleaners that have been on this property for five years, really just kind of going through and optimizing the whole property, but then also documenting how we get the approvals for the developments, the designs. Our plan is to add about eight to 10 more uh, tiny homes on this property and really create the experience, right? Like there's a lot that we're going to be building over the next six to 12 months on this property, hopefully six months or less. But we're going to document the whole thing. So if you guys follow me on TikTok, it's Eric D. Muller. Uh, we're going to document the whole process on TikTok. That just seems to be the best channel for us. Uh, that channel has grown for us this month pretty aggressively. And this is for everybody too, right? And this took you and I a long time to figure out is uh, just choose one one channel, one marketing channel and put all your effort into that. You know, So we're also going to be documenting not only our behind the scenes process of building this property and the rebrand and optimizing everything, that whole thing. But we're also going to create a whole TikTok channel and Instagram channel for the actual property. So you can mm-hmm. see how we market to our guests. Um, so yeah, follow me on TikTok and on Instagram, Eric D. Muller. 
I'm excited, man. I'm excited for this property. You know what's crazy too? We'll close it out on this. So a year ago today, I posted on Facebook and uh, I, I forget where we were, but I'm sure it was right after an Amazing Legends event. Uh, but I posted on Facebook that in 2021, you and I would start a fund, the Legends Fund, where we put money together to acquire and take over unique properties and the most unique destinations around the world, right? And a year ago to the day, I posted that. And today we completed all of our wires to purchase this property, a very unique property in a very unique location, right? And that was so crazy because I just posted that thing. We had a ton of engagement on it, talked to a ton of investors. And a year later, that vision came to mm. came to reality, right? So yeah, it'll take a couple of days for the paperwork to get done. But in my mind, I'm like, holy crap, man, here's another you know, manifestation where your passion and your vision and your patience come together at divine timing, right? It's just crazy, man. It's crazy that we stated that a year ago and to the day we uh, we sent out, what was it? $1.7 million to buy this property. So you know, yeah, I'm, pumped. Yeah. I'm pumped for what the next five years look like. It's pretty crazy that you posted that exactly a year ago. And it wasn't like you were posting it every week. You were, it was like, that was just a one post. One post. <laughs> one post. Crazy. Oh, awesome. All right, man. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up. So for listeners, thank you for listening. And we'll be back uh, next week. And we'll have a lot, of, lot to talk about next week on the, on the <laughs> property right. that we're buying. So we'll see you then. All right, y'all. Get paid for your pet. If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over $2 million, or you operate boutique hotels, then the STR Legend Mastermind is for you. You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.